Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get going, I want to take a moment to tell you about some exciting news for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans. With coverage from reporters Todd Mellis and Andy Bueller, me, Dan Dickow, SB Live's recruiting expert, this SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. And now a word from our sponsor. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the easiest way to place bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network. This week's release is a little bit different. Um just answering uh, some questions that I tend to get uh, throughout the year when it pertains to basketball at all levels, whether it be youth, high school, college, or the pro game. Uh, People asking my thoughts, asking about some memories, asking about some experiences. So I thought this week I would just kind of dive in on a couple topics that uh, I get asked about quite frequently. Um... So we'll get right into it. So uh, people ask me now if there is an NBA team or an NBA player uh, that I like to watch maybe more than others. Um, And I'll be honest, I watch a lot more college basketball than I do NBA um, anymore. Uh, I think NBA by far is a better game as far as skill level, as far as athleticism, as far as game planning, uh, as far as taking away 
opponents or attempting to take away opponents' strengths uh, and make them play to their weaknesses. I think the NBA is, um, to the casual fan, they don't understand just how good those players are, how athletic those players are. Um, and but to the, the well-trained eye, you can see a lot of things uh, on a night in, night out basis that are just mind blowing. Um, so that's kind of the, the first part that, you know, uh, people ask me, do you watch NBA or do you watch college? I, I, I prefer because of what I do with broadcasting. I watch a lot more college, um, but I will um, I, I get mesmerized at times watching the NBA game still to this day because of how easy guys make things look in it. On that, I think there's a couple guys in particular to me that just stand out as, as you know, generational-type players. Um, you know, and the first one is Steph Curry. I think he easily comes to mind as being a genera- generational player. When you look at him, he's only about 6'3", uh, maybe 190 pounds or so. Uh, he's wiry, thin, but he is very strong. And, and the strength comes in his balance and his ability to maybe get bumped offline, but then quickly get himself back into a balanced position where he can attack in a straight line drive or an angled drive to get by the defender, create something for himself or for others, um, or his ability to get back on balance quickly and get into into his shooting um, mechanics. And on that, his shooting mechanics, um, I've never seen a player that shoots as effortlessly as Steph Curry. Uh, there's a couple other right now, a couple others right now in the NBA game that you know they 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 look effortless at times. And those guys to me would be Damian Lillard and Trey Young with their ability to shoot it from from absolute deep. But Steph Curry's uh, is just to me different in how effortless and how on balance and how um, quick his release is. Um, you know, I, I think he's absolutely changed the way the game is played over the last 10, 11 years uh, at all levels of the sport. Um, you know, you look at what he came into in the NBA. You know, a lot of people were thinking, hey, he's coming from Davidson. He's very skilled. He's a good shooter. I don't know how this is going to translate to the NBA. Um, took him a couple of years to really get going, but a lot of that was due to uh, injuries that he had to overcome. Uh, he had some some foot and ankle injuries. He overcame those, obviously, uh, and he was you know kind of uh, put in a position early on in his career under Don Nelson and then Mark Jackson, where he could kind of really grow. Uh, and then when Steve Kerr came in and really opened up the offense and, and kind of spaced things out even more, uh, you know, his game took off and the game. Uh, at all levels has been changed. And I say that because you watch um, other guys that are coming up into the NBA. Trey Young is a perfect example. Um, 10, 12 years ago, somebody shooting a, a pull-up 35-footer in transition would have been looked at as an awful shot, a terrible shot. But Steph Curry being able to do things the way that he's done it, make it look so effortlessly, has kind of changed the way that the NBA looks at things and like, hey, that's an okay shot, but it really trickled down and changed the college game, the high school game, the AAU, the youth game, that threes are the way to go. Three is, threes are how we want to, you know, attack the defense. Uh, and many times the 
the quickest way we can get to an open three is what we want to look for. So many times that would be in transition. And Steph started it, and now you've got guys like Trey Young that are, are, are continuing on. But, you know, because Steph made things look so easy and he made the skill game look so fun and so effortless and make it look like everybody could do it, uh, all of a sudden you started seeing the game open up and, and the threes uh, became a lot more prevalent at all levels. Now, some of it does have to do with, you know, the influence of continuity ball screen offenses, and some of it has to be due to, you know, the emphasis on analytics at all levels. Uh, When I was uh, spent a year on the Portland Trailblazers coaching staff, you know, analytics was um, just starting to become uh, an important piece of a lot of, of NBA teams, and colleges were kind of you know, looking into it, but they weren't really sold on, you know, effective field goal percentage. Uh, they weren't looking at, you know, where, what spots on the floor do we shoot a better percentage for from with the 10 zones, uh, all of these different things. Um, so those th- things combined have kind of really changed the game of basketball. But in at the end of the day, I, I think it's Steph Curry um, and his skill set, his, his ability um, – to really change the game that's been generational. Have you ever had a pair of sunglasses that you've lost and become frustrated you lost them, that were scratched, or just quite frankly didn't fit very well? Well, look no more. Canon sunglasses are the best. I repeat, the best. You will not be disappointed in Canon sunglasses. They are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made to be clearer, lighter, and stronger. They're also Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So you add the lenses and the frames to create a powerful sunglass combo. Use the exclusive code KANONCAST15 at KANON.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KANON. Clearly better. I think one of the other questions that I get asked quite frequently is, do you still play? (laughs) Uh, you know, I don't, uh, well, I take that back. I do occasionally, uh, in, in Spokane, John Stockton owns a gym called the warehouse that, uh, houses youth leagues and youth tournaments. And, and he runs a, a private gym, uh, open gym setting a, a couple times a week. And I get the invite. I go occasionally to play. Um, but with everything going on with, with work with SB live, during the the college basketball season travel for broadcasting and prepping for games i really don't get out and play too much anymore um and and the other question that i get asked in regards to that when i say no i don't really play much people ask why you know and for me it's kind of one of those things where i have loved the game of basketball basketball has been my biggest passion my whole entire life Uh, i was able to you know have unbelievable experiences and memories uh, through the game of basketball, and, and uh, it provides a lot of joy for me. Um, and part of that joy was competitiveness. Like, I love to compete. I love to play to win. Um, 
And when you kind of step away from playing at the highest level to now go and play and pick up, uh, it, it can be hard. And so there's, there's, uh, there's, there's a challenge to going and playing and playing kind of with the my, right mind frame because I don't want to just go play pickup and, and dink around. If I go play, I'm going to want to be serious. I'm going to want to play um, to win. And, and to do that, it takes a certain level of commitment and it takes a certain level of, um, I guess, fitness. Um, because I don't work out in the way that I used to, um, and because I don't want to have to maybe come back from an injury, I don't, I don't play as hard as I sh- want to or should, and therefore, you know, I don't play as much um, because I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to have to go through any of the rigors or, or, or stresses of coming back from a potential injury. I know that sounds different. I know that sounds odd to a lot of people, um, but that's kind of, you know, where I've been at with with playing ever since I've been done. Uh, next question that I get asked quite frequently is, why aren't you in coaching and why didn't you pursue that path? Well, I thought um, I thought I was going to go down the coaching path. I, I was was uh, very interested in coaching um, growing up. I, I had a goal and a passion and a dream to play in the NBA, and I was lucky enough to be able to achieve that goal and dream. But I also knew that at the end of however long of a playing career that I had, I wanted to do one of two things. And that was to get into um, either coaching or broadcasting. At Gonzaga, I was able to get a broadcasting degree and kind of get a little bit of a, of a head start as far as uh, having idea an idea of what the broadcasting um, world would look like. Um, and so I took classes, did a lot of on-camera work when I was at Gonzaga to, to, to just get my feet wet and have an understanding. So then when I was done playing, um, you know, I had a decision to make, coaching and or playing. And the very first year that I was 100% done committed and not playing was the NBA lockout year. I believe it would have been 2011 um, or 2012. The, the year is escaping me right now. But it was the lockout shortened year. And I had a, a, a handshake agreement with the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Nate McMillan was the head coach. Dean Cooper uh, was the director of player development. Um, there you had an interim GM, Chad Buchanan. Um, they hired me in a, in a, in a player development role. Um, that was perfect to kind of get my feet wet in the coaching uh, realm. So with the lockout, and the season not starting on time, I had the ability to kind of take that next step in broadcasting. And that's when I started with uh, the local regional broadcast for Gonzaga basketball uh, for KHQ. And so I did four or five games uh, that year with KHQ and root for Gonzaga before the NBA lockout ended uh, in mid-December, where then I went, uh, honored my agreement to go on the Blazers coaching staff. And that was a great year to get my feet wet learning the coaching side of things. Um, I, I, did, I did not travel with the team. So every home game, every practice, um, I was involved in, in scouting reports. I was involved in practice. I was involved with uh, planning of, of 
pre-practice, pre-game workouts for the young guys on the team, and then implementing those workouts, breaking down film with the guys, what they needed to improve upon, um, what in the minutes they got, what they did well, what what they struggled at. Um, And when the team went on the road, I was given the opportunity to go scout college games that year and learn a little bit of the front office work. And that was huge for me um, because it, it gave me a chance to learn and see both sides of the NBA coaching and or front office scouting. And, and I enjoyed them equally uh, that year. Uh, it was something that, that um, I was thinking I was, I was going to move uh, full-time into the coaching um, realm because I enjoyed it. Um, I had good feedback from the staff, uh, and I was looking to, to move forward. Towards the end of that season, Nate McMillan um, – uh, unfortunately, was was fired from the Blazers. Uh, Caleb Canales took over, and then after the season was over, uh, Caleb Canales uh, was a finalist for the head coaching p- position of the Blazers that Terry Stotts eventually took over. In the in that interim time, um, it was a tremendous experience and opportunity for myself alongside Caleb to run all of the pre-draft workouts. Uh, leading up to the NBA draft. Um, I think we must have ran 15 workouts or so, put 50, 60 players through workouts uh, to give the front office a chance to, to evaluate these players in person. Um, it was guys that it was the year that the Blazers drafted Damian Lillard. So we had a individual workout with him. Um, we worked out um, guys all across the board, whether they were international guys that were in, in, in the States at the time, whether they were borderline, uh, lottery picks, whether they were, you know, borderline guys getting drafted at all. Um, it was a really good experience for me to, to understand the the level, uh, the difference of a level between a lottery pick like a Damian Lillard, uh, versus a, a second round pick or a borderline pick like, uh, or, or an undrafted guy, like I believe Scotty Machado, um, who was from the East Coast that year. I can't remember the school, but to understand the, the true difference in level of players, it was, it was really uh, a great learning experience. So after that, um, Caleb and I, along with Hersey Hawkins, were, were the three coaches in summer league that year. And uh, that was a, another tremendous learning opportunity as a coach to really kind of uh, put together game plans, um, run shoot-arounds, put together scouting reports, uh, work alongside um, you know, uh, an up and coming coach in Caleb Canales, who's still working in the NBA. Um, and I thought I was going to go into coaching. Uh, then the Blazers hired Terry Stotts and, and he had his own, uh, staff that he had prepared to bring in. So unfortunately, you know, that was kind of the end of, of, of my, uh, true searching out of coaching opportunities. And at that point I, I went full time into to growing a broadcasting career. And with that, you know, I, I've grown, I feel tremendously as a broadcaster. I've enjoyed it. It's kept me close to the game without having to carry the wins and losses and the frustrations and the struggles um, and the hours that a coach carries uh, that has a family um, uh, to create all that stress. So it's been good. Now, I've had opportunities to get into the coaching world since um, at, at multiple levels, at the high school level at the college level and, and at the NBA level as well. Uh, nothing has made sense uh, for me to, to kind of take that jump and that plunge and go for it. 
but I would, I, I will never say no to uh, listening to an opportunity or, or uh, something that might, uh, you know, be a unique position for me. And that's something that I've always said when, when asked, uh, are you done with coaching? Would you ever get into it? Absolutely not. I would, I would listen. I would be interested and I would uh, would see what the opportunity is before saying yes or no. Um, so those are a couple things that uh, wanted to share today with um, the ISO podcast and, and sharing a little bit more about some of the questions that I get asked most frequently. Um, so Monday we talked about uh, the differences of the college and the NBA game, the AAU game versus the youth game, the, the emphasis on on how to develop players. Uh, today covered a little bit about generational players that, that I like to watch and the games that I like to watch on TV being college as opposed to the NBA, even though I'm, I'm absolutely mesmerized by how good the NBA players are these days. Uh, and then, you know, my path, my journey, coaching and broadcasting, and, and if I still play and if I do, why or why not? So, so for the ISO, I'm Dan Dickow, SB Live Sports. We thank you. Look forward to connecting again real soon. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.